You're going to hear a lot about salt today, but we told you we were going to give a gift away to the person who had the best outfit for salt life, all right? And so if you want to compete for this big bag full of beet stuff, I want to invite you forward right here to the, to the front, all right? Come on forward. Hey, ain't no sense in coming. Come on. No shame. Oh, see, I didn't even see you. Go ahead, girl. All right. <laughs> All right. There you come on, Dominic. That's right. That's right. All right. So real quickly, I want to, oh, I see. Come on, come on. There you go. Hey, is somebody going to get a picture of this crew? <laughs> oh, this is great. Bill, you're looking good this morning, man. <laughs> Bill and Susan over here got the Hawaiian thing going on. All right, so here's who I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this crew. I'm going to go through this crew. I'm going to ask you to pick your favorite one or two. I'll let you vote for two. You can't vote for three, all right? And you're going to vote by applause in just a minute. Bill and Susan over here with their Hawaiian wear. Steve's got the, uh, oh, no, not, not yet, not yet. Steve's got his, uh, his Hawaiian tropic, evidently boogie boarding going on. Brent earlier, Brent is awesome. He greets everybody at our front door. How cool is that? You can go ahead and clap for Brent right now. You can't see it, but he's got the white stuff on the nose. No chance of him getting burned today. Uh, this is Scuba Steve. I'm just kidding. This is Tim. Uh, Tim came, evidently, this guy really does scuba, so that wasn't really hard to come up with. But that, I like it. It's very good. I like it. Um, Dominic, got his squid going on. Um, Rachel, with her beautiful shark turned that way. They can really see it well. Yeah, there you go. Fred and Sandy will vote for them as a couple, right? Um, they got the beachwear going on. Wore, I think you wore a bathing suit. I love it. All right, and, and uh, remind me. Brady. Brady, that's right. Brady's got my crab going on. I love it. We're going to shape it up here real quickly. Awesome. And Rose, if you, rug, if you hug Rose today, you get under her hat. Her hat is so big. I love it. That's right. All right, so, so we've got a big beach thing going to give out, and we're only going to let you vote for two people. All right, two. So go ahead and figure out who yours is. All right, you can make as much noise as you want, clapping, yelling, whatever. The loudest one wins, and somebody's going to have to figure out who the loudest one is. Uh, somebody, I'm going to need your help on that one, all right? So we're going to start over here with the Hawaiian couple. Bill and Susan, you want to clap for them? Clap for them now. Make a noise. All right, good, good, good. Steve, boogie board man. All right. All right. Brent, Mr. Uh, Hawaiian. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. All right, Scuba Steve. All right, Dominic, Mr. Squidman, Rachel the Shark, Sandy and Fred, that's close, that's close, Brent, Brady, 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 Rose, I think that you'll agree with me, Scuba Steve, hey, I want to say thank you to all of you for competing this morning. Y'all are awesome, great sports, and church ought to be fun, right? Hey, there's so much stuff in this bag. If you're sweet to Tim and Donna, maybe they'll give you a little bit. All right. All right. Very good. He said thank you. I'm going to put a thing in his mouth. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles out this morning. We're going to study God's Word together. Hopefully, you have that outline, and that outline uh, in, your, in your worship guide You'll want to grab that. I'm going to get you to fill in some blanks and take some notes. So you might also, also want to reach out and grab a pen there that's, uh, that's on your seat right in front of that. And um, as we get started and get ready to study God's Word today, 
If it's okay, I just want to take a real quick moment of personal privilege. Um, I would like to, to take a chance, uh, take a moment to this morning just to say thank you uh, for something that you do for me that you probably don't even realize is a body you do. But um, the last couple of summers, I had my youngest child is an, an athlete uh, trying to get and compete for a big football scholarship, and I've had to take some time off to go football camping all around America. And I've had to be out of the pulpit these last two summers a little bit more than normal. And um, I was out of the pulpit at the University of Florida kicking, and I was out at, at, at Wisconsin, and you guys have been very grace-filled and have allowed other folks to stand in and preach. And I just want to say thank you for the grace you give me, especially during this season in my life, as we're traveling and competing and, and trying to really uh, have God bless his talents and his skills and what he loves to do. So thank you for being the body of Christ me. Thank you for being my family. And I want you to know that I consider it a great honor to be able to prayerfully bring God's Word to you each Sunday. I don't take it lightly. And when I'm out of the pulpit, I want to tell you, I look so forward to being back. I feel like I've been out of the pulpit right now three weeks, and it's not really been that way, but it's been two out of three. And so I am certainly ready to be able to proclaim and, and uh, preach God's Word to you this morning. And I hope, it, I hope it's right down the line for every one of us. So as we begin this morning, would you just pray a prayer of openness? Ask God's Holy Spirit to speak. You want to pray for me? Here's how you can pray for me. Let the preacher get out of the way this morning, God. Let the windows of heaven open up. Let your word pour forth from, our, from heaven and let it be for our lives today. Grow us, God. Push us deeper. Expand our thoughts. Get us to dream your dreams. Help us to see things your way. And Lord, most of all, we want your touch on our lives. We want your touch on our lives. So we're open today. Plant your seeds of truth in our hearts. And we want to be planted deep in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, um, <clears throat> Salt Life. Have you seen our bumper sticker out there? Have you seen it? Salt Life. Have you, raise your hand if you've seen the bumper sticker, Salt Life. All right? That has been a great marketing scheme that we started about four years ago as a church preparing for this series. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wish that we were that smart, right? We, instead, we're actually taglining the series off of that great bumper sticker. Now, real quickly, Salt Life. Um, I didn't really know what Salt Life was about. I, I, I saw people on the way to the ocean or around the ocean always have these Salt Life things. They'd have tropical trees. They would have, you know, the, the pirate symbol, Salt Life. And then we've seen it change into a whole bunch of other things. But then I did some research on it, and I found out that that whole thing, Salt Life, came from these guys, four guys, down in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, they are fishing guys. They love to fish together. They kayak together. They scuba together. They kayak together. They, they love living by the ocean. And so they were coming back from a fishing trip, and they had already talked about kind of going into business together, but they started talking about their lives and how their lives just were kind of... The, the, the common thing that was everywhere in their life was living next to the ocean. And they kind of came up with this understanding the salt life, you know. We want to invite people to the, to the salt life, to kind of live the life that we get to live, being by the ocean with all the fishing, scuba, kayak, and all that. And the thing took hold. Now, it first took hold as a clothing kind of company, but you've seen the bumper stickers more than you've seen the clothing, you know. Now they've got restaurants called Salt Life. It's blown up. They never dreamed that it would get so big as they were thinking, hey, I bet other people would like to be living the salt life like us. Now, here's what I want to recommend to you over the next couple of weeks. More than four guys down in Jacksonville and people who put a bumper sticker on their car, more than them, really the most salty people on the earth are actually supposed to be anybody who says they're a Christ follower. Those are the people who are living the real salt life, not the people who are just doing kayaking, you know, and, and going deep sea fishing and, and going scubing. 
If you call yourself a Christian, Jesus said we're supposed to be salty. So we're going to study that scripture, and it's found in Matthew chapter 5. I hope you got your Bible open. And uh, Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of probably the most famous sermon ever preached on planet Earth. Uh, Jesus preached a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, it wasn't called that when he preached it, but people have come to know it because Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee with a crowd of people following him, and he pulled off to the side, kind of up a hill, where he could, he could kind of uh, speak over them all down to the edge of the water, and he preached what has become known as probably the most famous, memorized sermon in all of history. Interestingly enough, if you started reading in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, and you read it at a very slow pace, just trying to take it in, that whole sermon would take 18 minutes. But Jesus touches on so many things uh, about how we're supposed to live and kingdom principles and what the kingdom of heaven is like and who we are supposed to be. So while I'm preaching over about the salt life for the next couple of weeks, I invite you, maybe in your private personal time, your chair, 15 minutes in the Bible that I encourage you all, all the time towards, maybe you would Look at the uh, Sermon on the Mount this week. Start in Matthew chapter 5 and just begin reading there and listening for the kingdom principles that are there. Well, Jesus is, is uh, preaching, and the Gospel of Matthew tells us one of the first things he does is he talks about the blessed life, the kingdom life, that when we live God's way, they, they came to be known as the Beatitudes, blessings flow into our life and they flow out of our life when we live a certain way. And then shortly after he shared those Beatitudes, he said some very famous words that we're going to kind of center everything we're talking about the next two weeks on, and they come in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. So read this with me, if you will. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and then it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Let's take that in reverse for a minute, because I think the second one's a little easier to understand. You're the light of the world. Now, when Jesus was speaking this, he was speaking to folks who are a little different than you and me. They didn't have electricity in their house, all right? They didn't go flip a switch and have a light turn on. They didn't take light so much for granted, because light was very, very important to them. They used candles. They, they used all types of things to light their homes when it got nighttime at night. So when Jesus said, you're the light of the world, I think it would have made plenty of sense. Everybody in the room probably, here, not in the room, on the, on the shore there, the Sea of Galilee, everybody would have understood, well, what Jesus is saying is that we are to be light. What does light do? Light dispels the darkness. That's what light does. And we'll talk more about what that's going to be, but I think that's more easily understood than that first thing that Jesus said. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Now, notice that Jesus doesn't just give five points off of that and take that further. He just leaves it at that. You're the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, well, how's it supposed to get flavor back? It's just good for trampling underfoot. And he doesn't say anything more than that about salt. 
If I was one of the guys there listening that day, I would have been, I, I, think, I, I envisioned myself, or I, I imagined myself almost leaning over my buddy going, I wonder what that means. I hope he's going to break that apart a little bit more for us later on. What does it really mean to be the salt of the earth? What does that mean, salt? And so when Jesus is teaching, he's talking about this thing that is all around us all the time. It's in our bodies. It's in our world. It's everywhere. We have to have it to live. And he uses it as a metaphor for who we are supposed to be, you and me. You are the salt of the earth. Salt is, is, is amazing. Salt has so many uses. I, it would take me a day to go through all the ways that salt is used in our culture. Yeah, I brought me a little salt shaker here, and one of our favorite ways, of course, is on our food, right, to give it some little more pizzazz, a little more seasoning. We like to add salt. I especially like to add salt, probably too much salt. But we know that when we go to a doctor and we do our our blood work and our tests, what are they looking for? They want to know our sodium levels, right? We've got to have salt in our bodies to adjust. If you were to get sick and you were to head to the doctor and you needed an IV, you know, they put that needle in your arm, they put an IV, what are they putting in you? Most of the time, they're putting some type of water in you, and they're putting salt in you uh, almost all the time, and they're putting sometimes uh, glucose in you. They're giving you salt because your body needs it. Yesterday, I went out, and I went shopping because we needed something at my house. We, we needed some OxyClean. You know what that is? You know what OxyClean is? We, we, we use that to wash our clothes. I picked up the bottle of OxyClean. It says, more than 275 uses. And I found myself standing in the line to buy it, reading all the uses of OxyClean. You know, you can clean your floors with it. You, you can use it in your washing machine. You can mop with it. You can do so many different things with OxyClean. I never knew it. And it got me to thinking, that's kind of like salt. If you were to Google, what all can you do with sodium? There are so many things that happen in our world because of salt. And when Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, one person could have been thinking one thing and another person thinking another thing because there's so many ways that salt can be used in our world. So that's what I want to ask a question with you this morning. I just want to say, what did you mean, Jesus? What did you mean when you said, we, you, I, we are the salt of the earth? What does that mean? And what Jesus was saying was, you're to be difference makers. You're to be salt with flavor. You're supposed to go into the culture and impact the culture. You're supposed to, you might, you might feel small, like that little bitty grain of salt in there, but you have the power to make a big difference. He was saying you're to be an influencer. You notice that little uh, definition I gave you in the middle of your outline there. What does it mean? What is influence? Influence is a word that's in vogue right now. People use influence all over the place. And I gave you one definition here. Influence is the ability to impact or to bring change or to bring some effectual difference into someone or something. That's what influence is. And every one of us, whether you believe it or not, every one of us has influence. Some of us might feel like we don't have as much as somebody else, but all of us have the ability to affect, the power to change, to bring an affect to someone or to something. Now, have you ever thought about this? God is the big influencer. God is the one who brings change. He brings change in our world. He bring change, brings change into our lives. I'll tell you this. Before I had God in my life, I had no way to change me. But when I invited God into my life, all of a sudden the big influencer had an influence on me. And see, I think what Jesus was saying when he said, you're the salt of the earth, he was calling us to be influencers, difference makers. But here's what he was saying. 
He was saying, my father, he wants his power to be at work in you so that he is doing his influencing work through you. That your salt that has flavor and makes a difference in the world and in the culture. That's what Jesus was pointing at. And so you might say, you know, Stephen, maybe other people, but I just feel so, I'm a young Christian, or maybe you would say, you know, I'm, I'm a young kid. What influence can I have for God right now in my life? Or maybe you would say, I'm older, you know. I might have had influence back one time. I don't think I have as much influence as I used to have. What I want you to understand is that every person in this place and all those who are listening to us over the Internet far beyond this, every one of us, even though we might feel so small, we have the ability to make a difference in this global ocean that we call our world. And that's what God wants to do through us. He wants us to flavor our culture and our world. So Jesus stood up right there in front of everybody, just like you, me, they were sitting there that day, and he said, you are the salt of the earth. Patrick, you know what that means about you? You can't escape it. You are the salt of the earth. Whether you're flavorful or whether you're not flavorful, you're the salt of the earth. Did you know if you went into a Hebrew home, oftentimes they had piles of salt right outside their door, piles of salt. And th- that salt oftentimes was a salt that had, that had lost its flavor. It, wasn't, it had been diluted in some way, and they would leave it out there as a cleaning agent. Oftentimes, they would wipe their feet on the salt, or they would wipe their hands before they went into their house. It was a way that they cleansed themselves. And Jesus says, if the salt loses its flavor, it's only really good for being trampled underfoot. It's not for the goodness of what it was really, what it was really to be created for, right? You are the salt of the earth. Chuck, you are the salt of the earth. You cannot escape it. So we better figure out what it means, right? You are the salt of the earth. Got your pen. I want to talk to you about four qualities of salt. And I, there could be a lot more qualities, but I just want to break it down to four, and I want to hit those really hard with you. And I want you to think about you. I'm going to be thinking about me, and let's talk about how we are to be the salt of the earth, how we're going to be difference makers and making an influence. The first one is this. Write this one down. Salt preserves. Salt preserves. Now, for the, the people that Jesus was speaking to that day, that was they didn't have refrigeration like we do. Salt was the way they kept their food from spoiling. It was a preserving agent for their food. Now, even today, we still use salt as a preservative today over food. But I think one of the things was Jesus, that Jesus was saying was, listen, this earth, don't be fooled. Let me give you a picture of this earth. This earth, this world is dark and it is decaying, okay? It is dark and it is decaying. And what I've called you to be is I've called you to be a preserving agent in this world. That while the world is decaying, you're helping stay the decay. You're helping stop the decay. It reminds me of this scripture in Ephesians 5 when uh, Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus and he said it this way, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. As being wise like the Father that we have, right? Making the most of every opportunity because the days are, would you say that word out loud with me? What is it? Evil. Evil. Really? Really? See, somebody would see the world and they would say, oh, the days are good. But Paul says the days are evil. What Paul is hitting here is he's hitting that we live in a world that is decaying, a world that is dark, a world that's not just on the fast track and getting better every day, but a world that is really decaying and dying. Now, some people don't see the world like that. But Paul says, you know what God's called us to be? He's called us to not be unwise, 
but to be wise and see that the culture that we live in is just getting darker and darker, and it's in a, and it's a state of decay. Now, somebody else would say, but Stephen, wait a minute. Our culture is advancing all the time. I mean, look at our cell phones, right? Look at our global communication. Isn't our culture advancing? You know, you could put a little check mark, I guess, by some of those things, like, you know, our culture is getting more technological. But the truth of the matter is the very nature of our culture is in a state of decay and of darkness. And God's calling you and me to be preserving agents, salt, in stopping that decay from happening so fast. I was talking to a college guy the other day, and he, he goes to school right here in North Atlanta. And he was telling me about a, a class that he was in, and, and his professor in the class uh, started talking about the, the, you know, this whole Supreme Court thing that came down recently about you know, same-sex unions and, and marriage and all that kind of thing, kind of redefining or trying to redefine marriage. And his professor made a statement. I thought I'd share it with you today. His professor said, you know, this decision in the Supreme Court proves one thing for us. It proves that our culture is evolving to something higher than we were before. His picture was that this new decision that, that was going to redefine marriage as spoken of in the biblical covenant, planned, ordained will of God is now going to be changed by some state rule, you know. He was saying that's, that's very evidence that our culture's evolving. And you know what I would say? I would say that's very evidence that our culture is in decay. That our culture is in darkness and it's going to get darker and the days are evil. And we are called to live as wise, not unwise. So people, are we getting better? We're trying to do good things. I know we are. But as a society, as a culture, we live in a dying world. We live in a decaying world. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, you are to be one of my preserving agents in this culture. One of, the, one of the light pieces, one of the salt pieces, one of my salty pieces that's stopping the decay of the culture. Can we break it down real quickly? You are the salt. You, what does that mean? See, when Jesus speaks that word, sometimes you can be singular. I can talk about Jake, you, Jake. But when Jesus is talking here, it's plural, right? He's talking to a crowd of people. He's talking just to like us right here. And when he says you, he's talking to you. He's talking to anybody who would call themselves a follower of his. He's talking to his followers. They're on his hillside. They're on the shore of Galilee. And he says you, all of you, not some of you, not just the left-hand section over here. No, all of you, you, plural, right, are. You are, not you might be. Not one day you might develop into it. No, right now, you are already, already that thing he's going to tell you that you are. You are, right now, the. You're not a part of it. You're not a little bit of it. You're not some of it. You are the. That is, that is exclamatory. That is exhaustive. That is a picture of what you are. You are the Salt. Salt. What is salt? Well, one of the things that salt is, is it's a preserving agent. It keeps something from, from dying even more. It keeps something from, from decaying even more for the betterment, right? That's who we are to be. You are the salt of the... Say it out loud. You notice that Jesus didn't say you're the salt of heaven? Because guess what? You are not the salt 
of heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of this culture right here, right now. This dark and decaying culture, you're to, being, you're to be a preserving agent in this culture. Now, you know what? When, when some folks have heard this, they have had different thoughts about this. For example, one famous theologian, one, one great guy from the life of the church was named John Calvin. And John Calvin's idea of being salt was, hey, let's all just kind of, let's pull away. We'll kind of create our own little salt colony over here. We'll, we'll see how that works and let all the Christians pull away from the world and show the world how they're supposed to live. We'll be our own little colony over here and show them. And that didn't work. That didn't work because God didn't call, call salt to all be on a pile over here. God wants to spread the salt. A better understanding would be a guy named John Wesley, who John Wesley's idea was, no, you know what we need to be? We need to be difference makers, social holiness. We need to be people in our culture who are making a difference. Let's go into the places where we live, work, and play, and let's bring people to an understanding of who God is, who He really is, not in their imaginations. Show them who He is. It's the picture of, I like this, of God taking you and me, difference makers, influencers, and shaking us all over the place putting us all over the place so that we can make a difference, preserving the culture of wherever you are. Got that one down? Say, say it out loud with me. Salt preserves. Say that. Salt preserves. Write this one down. Next one. Salt not only preserves, salt penetrates. Write that one down. Salt penetrates. Salt has a way of affecting everything that it comes into contact with. It, it, it just, it, it, anything it touches, it has an impact on it. Now, let me be clear. What I'm talking about here, what, I'm, what am I saying and what am I not saying? I am not saying that our job as Christ followers, as, as, as people who are trying to learn more about Jesus and walk like Jesus, our job is not just to go into our culture and take over, and we're going to run it our way. That's not necessarily our job. Our job is to go into those places where we live, work, and play and make a difference. Be sprinkled into that place, and in that place, let God spring flavor and, and the saltiness of our lives into that environment. I'll say it differently. God wants to use us to penetrate into that environment to make a difference. This is, this, this is God in you doing His salty thing through you to impact the world you live in. Now hear me, listen to me. Christianity is not about willpower. So it's not about you going this week and just trying to will yourself to be a more salty Christian. That's not what it's about. And by the way, Christianity is also not about intellect. It's not about how smart you can be or how clever you can be. That is not what it's about. Listen, and I'm going to talk more about this next week. I don't want you to miss next week. Christianity, at its heart, is about learning to be so in touch with the Spirit of Jesus at work within you that you are obeying God's work and His call to go left or right, to turn, to speak, to do His work at any given moment. That's the heart of what Christianity is all about. And so here's the good news. When Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, what He was saying was, when I sprinkle you in that place, I want to use you, I'm going to be in you, and I want you to penetrate into that place and make a difference in that place where you are. I want you to use your influence by the power of the Holy Spirit to make a difference difference. Look at this scripture I chose to share with you. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. The scripture says this. 
Uh, and this is, by the way, Jesus was about to leave planet Earth. He was about to, you know, you, you remember that part where he was, he was speaking and all of a sudden his feet came off the planet and he started doing what we call the ascension. He rose up into heaven. These are the words that were spoken right there. Acts 1.8, the Bible says this, uh, Jesus' words, but you will receive power, circle that word power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea. That's north of there. And in Samaria, in the middle ground, and even to the ends of the earth. You remember what happened in, in, the, in the moment of Pentecost? Just, you know, 40 days later, then Jesus spoke this right here. 40 days later, in the moment of Pentecost, when Pentecost happened, the Holy Spirit rushed in. The disciples who were there were so filled up with the Holy Spirit, they burst out of the room. And the Bible says, this is so cool, they started speaking in tongues they had no idea. They'd never studied these tongues before. It'd be like me going out and starting speaking Greek. I don't know Greek. I really don't. I know a few words. I do not know Greek. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit filled them up so much, they burst out of that room, and they began to go speak other languages because it was, right, you know, there were people here from all over the world. They began to speak other languages, and they became, they became kind of like individual preachers speaking in languages they did not know, declaring that Jesus was resurrected and that Jesus was Lord of all. And the early church, the birth of the church, happened in that moment. Now, the reason I ask you to circle that word, power, power is one of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is to bring power into our lives. That word, you might want to write a little word off the side of it. The Greek word there, again, I don't know a lot of Greek, I know a little bit. The Greek word there is dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. Probably should have put it up on the screen, but I didn't. Dunamis. D-U-N-A-M-I-S. And it's where we get our word dynamite, all right? Dunamis is the word that was finally coming into our language, dynamite. It's almost like Jesus was saying, listen, I want you to go wait a little while. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the Father, but I'm going to send my spirit into you. And when I send my spirit into you, you're going to be given dynamite. <laughs> How cool is that, right? You're going to be given dynamite. And you are going to begin to spread my word all up. See, what Jesus was saying was I'm going to use you to now spread this thing. And I'm going to get you to penetrate everywhere, even to the ends of the earth, Jesus spoke over his people. To you, no matter who you are, you have influence. You have dynamite in you if you are a follower of Jesus because he's given you his Holy Spirit. You might not think about that. You might go to your work, like Ruth. I talked about Ruth earlier, right? Ruth's working for Ford. She goes to Ford. She's driving her, or her forklift, you know, or whatever she's doing. And I think it's real easy for us to, in our day jobs, think of ourselves as I'm an employee. I'm just a worker. I'm a Ford. I'm a Ford. I work at the Ford plant, you know? You are so much more than that. You're not just a cop. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a salesman. You're not just a real estate broker. You, you, you are a, an ambassador for God wherever he's put you with dynamite inside of you, the power of God inside you, and he wants to use you to impact the culture. He wants you to penetrate. He wants to use his power to penetrate the culture through you. Now, can you see how if you woke up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you're ready to go off to your day job, you know? Can you see how all of a sudden if you really got this thing, that Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Where instead of waking up, you know, and saying, you know, instead of waking up and saying, good Lord, good, good morning, Lord, good morning. You wake up, good Lord, this morning. You know, instead of waking up like that, 
What if you woke up differently? What if you woke up and you said, God, this morning, I want you to just set your dynamite off in me. I'm going to go into this place where I work. I'm not going to see it the way I've been seeing it. I'm going to see it totally different. You put me there to penetrate into that place, God. Help me to be your salt in that place, making a difference, bringing your flavors to that place, God. Use me, use me, use me in that place. You let your work do your work through me. And can you, how about that? Wouldn't that be cool? Guys, God could do that in every one of our lives. What if you're sitting in a board meeting later on? What if you're sitting in a sales meeting? You're just sitting there. Everybody else, what are they thinking? They're thinking about the sales, you know, that are going to happen in the month of August or, or September. What if you're sitting there thinking, you're just going around there and you're looking face to face, wondering what's going on in their life, wondering what's going on in the wonderful life. God, you call me to speak their word to them. What if you could really understand that you've been called to be the salt of the earth and you didn't see the world the way everybody else did when you were sitting in that world you were seeing with eternal eyes how God might want to use you to penetrate into those other worlds to make a difference into that ocean sitting in that very room with you guys this is what God's called us to do to be difference makers to be eternity changers for people so salt preserves Salt penetrates. Write this one down, if you will. Salt purifies. I'm going to go a little bit faster. Salt purifies. Hey, real quickly, test. What color is salt? <laughs> White. By the way, why did nobody answer that? What color is salt? White, right? It is the very color that we think of as pure. It is the very color we think of like that. And so God wants you and me to be purifying agents wherever we are. And I'm not just talking about your workplace now. I'm talking about in your home. I'm talking about in this church in, 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 in Henry County. And, and maybe you live in Clayton County. Maybe you live in Butts County. Wherever you are, God wants you to be a purifying agent in that place. And by the way, purity is not about sinlessness. We, we want to be without sin. You know what purity is about? Purity is about just trying to walk like Jesus and become more like Him, to be holy as Jesus is holy. Let me be very clear. The Bible says there's not one of us who's holy. The Bible says there's not, Romans says there's not one of us who's righteous. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before God. He is holy. He is righteous. When we talk about purity, we're not talking about sinlessness. What we're talking about is we're going to fall. We are going to mess up. It's about trying to live tomorrow and then the next day and the next day in the pattern of Jesus to just be more holy. Hey, men, can I talk to you for a minute? Those of you who are, who are maybe dads or uncles or granddads or brothers, he's called you to be holy. He's called you to try to walk like Jesus, to lay down the things of the earth and grow up and to do good and right things. Ladies, same thing for you. He's called you to be a daughter and woman of God, to be a, to be a purifying agent wherever you go. One time Paul was talking, writing actually, to one of his mentees. He was mentoring a guy. And the guy's name was Timothy, and he was young. I think we envisioned him being about 21, 23, something like that. And when he was writing to Timothy, I want to read this scripture for you. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, he said these words. He said, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers. Listen to these things. In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith. Can I break those down for you real quickly? Let me break those down for you. 
We're going to leave that scripture right up there, and I want you to pay attention to me, okay? In speech, in speech, did you know that one of the major powers you have to bring influence in this world is with your mouth? Have you paid attention to that lately? Are you a person who is lifting up other people, who is encouraging other people, who is believing in other people, who is calling them to faith? Are your words life? Or have you allowed your words to become something other than that, to become death? Are you, are you demeaning? Is your mouth filled with things it shouldn't be filled with? Are you critical? How about this one? Are you cynical? Paul is telling Timothy, listen, listen, you might be young, but you don't let anybody look down on you. Why don't you be an example for all the Christians in how you talk? You want to be salty this week? I'd say, you know, one of the best places you could start, sitting right in front of your face. Be salty with your mouth. And that may mean repenting for some of the things you've said out, out loud. It might mean changing the way you've been talking to your kids or talking to your employees or talking to your employer. But one of the major ways that you have influence is right here on your face, okay? And Paul gets it. Paul tells Timothy, you should be an example in the way you speak for every Christian. Look at the next one. He says in conduct and how you behave. I mean, are you behaving right? Do you choose to do the good thing all the time as much as you can to choose to do the right and good thing? Or actually, is your behavior something different than Jesus? Is the way you act, is the way you behave not an example of Jesus? You want to be salty? Watch how you act this week. Make your conduct and your behavior embody the very thing that you would see Jesus do in that situation. He keeps going, right? He says, in the way you talk, and the way you behave, how about this one? In love. Now he's talking about motive, all right? I'm not just calling you to be salty because I want you to bring influence to other people. That's nothing but manipulation. I'm calling you to be salty because I want you to love them. I want you to love them. You know, this whole series, I've called it, uh, I've called it Salt Life. There's a lot on the line. You know what's on the line? People. Not fish. People. People are on the line. And there's a very real thing called heaven and a very real thing called hell. And people are going to spend eternity in one of those places. And hell ain't no party, let me tell you. It's eternal separation from God. There's a lot on the line. That's why it's so, much, so important that we get this one right. Do you really love people? Do you really love the people? Do you really know what's on the line here? Are you caring for them? I'm thinking about just because Valerie and Julie are sitting up here, we got more around these teachers, you know? Talk about influence and the kids that are going to be around them. It's one thing to go be a teacher. It's another thing to be a teacher who loves your kids, who wants to make an eternal difference in their lives. That's what I'm talking about when I think Jesus was saying, you, know, you are the salt. And he was saying to Timothy, he said, listen, you should be a great example in how you love. I mean, be a big lover and love them for all the right reasons because there's a lot on the line. And then what did he say? He said, in faith. In your belief system, all right? And how you believe, you be an example. You don't be a per person of pessimism. You don't be a person of, oh, you know, you be a person of faith. You be a person who believes and believes the biblical word of God, and you walk by that word every day. One more time, Paul said, do not let anybody look down on you because you're young. Here's what you're to be. Timothy, you be an example for all the believers in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faith. What was he after? Impurity. Impurity. Salt purifies. 
And one of the things that we're supposed to do in this culture is we're supposed to bring holiness and purity to wherever we are. And some of us need to, we're not, we, we, we might not need to start in our, in our workplace, maybe we should start in our home. Maybe that's where we start and make sure our home is a place of purity and holiness. What do you need to do to bring influence there and then bring it into your work? And let's do that in our church. Let's be a church that seeks purity and holiness. That's what God wants us to do. All right, I'm going to break away from the peas, right? Uh, salt, it preserves, it penetrates, it purifies, my favorite of all, and I had to throw it in there, and it doesn't start with a P, it flavors, all right? I, I use salt way too much, but it flavors. Salt flavors. So I chose, because sometimes I like, I like to read a lot of different scriptures from different translations, I chose to read the same scripture I read earlier, you're the salt of the, of, of the earth, Right? But I read it from the message this week, and I had to show it to you because I just think Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message and translated this into a common day, everyday way that we would talk, he said it so well. And I think he's getting the point of what Jesus is really about here. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, from the message, listen to this with new ears. Same scripture we read before, but said a little different way. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness, and you'll end up in the garbage. I'm just going to leave that up there for a minute. That's the picture of what Jesus is talking about there. He didn't go into great detail, but what he was saying was, this is who you are to be. You're, the, you're to bring the God flavors wherever you are out and you're to show people what godliness looks like. You know, it's like the earth is bland, okay? The earth is, is decaying, it's dying, it's bland. Have you ever had bland food that just had no taste to it, you know? And then you added a little bit of that, mm, you know? And all of a sudden it had pop, it had zing, you know? Who is that guy that does the whole, you know, emerald? What does emerald say? I have no idea. I don't watch cooking shows. Bam! Is that what he really what he says? All right. Well, what if God this week took you, Angie Atkins, and he took you and he said, whoo-hoo, bam! Somebody's going to have to clean up the church after this. Mark, what if he took you and he said, pow, right in that place? Lucas, bazinga, you know? What if he took you and he salted wherever you were at this week, showing people godliness, showing them, you know, Guys, I think that's what Jesus is saying. When I'm in, when, this, week, this past week, when I was away from you, uh, we, were up, we were headed up to Wisconsin. We stopped off in Chicago. We took this boat tour. And on the boat tour, we looked at some of the buildings. And I, I, I was just looking. They're, they're beautiful buildings. And all of a sudden, this, this, this professor was teaching us about how these buildings were erected and, and how their architects put them together and how they, they portrayed the city and the waterways and all that kind of thing. And, and my mind was, was just, uh, was, was in Chicago, but it was also, I never told my wife this, it was also in a totally different place. My mind was when I was in places like uh, France and England, I've been, to, I've been to Russia, I've been to the Ukraine, my mind was in Europe. And I remember, I remember just, as I was looking at these technological wonders, you know, I remember walking through Europe and seeing some phenomenal buildings who had been built architecturally and by hand by some of the greatest Christians on planet Earth, and they built those buildings to the glory of God. 
And I just thought to myself, God, the world is, is so in need of Christ followers making a difference. And some people do it with buildings, and some people do it with art. You know, we got, a, we got some folks here who are going to be leaving this week to go to Germany, going to go on a mission trip to Germany. You know, Joe and Shanda, Germany is bland. The church in Europe is, is not a very healthy church. You guys are going to bring bam, to bring pow, to bring God to people in Germany. And it's no different than what he's calling us to do this week in our lives. To bring God flavors to wherever we are. Okay, so he said, you're the salt of the earth. But I, I like the next part, too, the way Eugene Peterson put it in the message. So I'm going to read that next part about the light, right? So close down with me and read this last part. He says about the light. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a, on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You see what Jesus was saying when he said, you're the light of the world? When you're the light of the earth, you're the salt, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. He was saying, shine, be salty. Okay, final thought. You know what I can't stand? I can't stand when I'm sitting on one end of the table and the salt's on the other end. And you know what I'm talking about. I like it when I go to dinner and there's multiple salt shakers. The table's going to be big, have a whole bunch of them, right? I like my salt and pepper. Have you ever thought to yourself, there's somebody sitting right down the table from you and they're never going to ask you to pass the salt? God didn't put you on this planet to be a salt hoarder. Now listen, listen. This is very important. One of my fears as a pastor is that people like you and people like me, Christ followers, we get so in love with this Jesus thing that we hoard it. Listen, it's good to have a relationship with Jesus. It's good to talk with Him and have Him give you purpose and hope. It's, it's good to have guidance and, and experience the love of Christ. And let me tell you, it is the most eternal thing, wonderful thing, to have your sins washed away by Jesus. And it's very easy to fall in love with this thing, this relationship we have with Jesus. But God did not put us on this planet to fall in love with our own little personal relationship with Him. He put us on this planet to have a relationship with Him and then make a difference. And when Jesus is sitting on that hilltop and He's talking to people, He says, this is who you are. You cannot escape it. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I'm inside you. 
would you let me shine? Would you pass me around? Because people need me. Wherever you go this week, you're going to have a chance to do that. I want to challenge you to be open and available to the Holy Spirit's call and to bring out the God flavors wherever you are. You know, somebody might be sitting here today and saying, but I feel so far from that, Stephen. I feel like a big old mistake. I feel like a big old mess up. Listen, next week I'm going to talk about how you really do it. I'm going to talk about how you really get in touch with the Holy Spirit and surrender to the Holy Spirit and how you make it happen when the rubber meets the road. Don't want you to miss it. But today, I think maybe the best thing that you could do is say, hey, first of all, Jesus, I get it. You called me to be a preserver in this dead and decaying culture. You called me to penetrate, be like dynamite. You called me to be pure in my home and in my church and in my, in my work. And you have called me to be flavorful not bland I get it and this week I'm open to it shine your light through me you be salt through me to the world if that's your prayer can I pray you through that right now would you bow your heads with me well Jesus maybe the most fitting thing is that we just want to say first of all thank you for making a difference in our lives Boy, boy, are you an influencer. And God, you're the great influencer. You, you, you want to use your power through us. So Lord, today what we do is we just make ourselves available. Best we know how, we just say, okay, God, this week, the people we see, the words we say, the actions we, we live out, we are inviting your Holy Spirit. Guide us, Lord. Help us be your agents in your hand that you would bring out the God flavors and the God colors of this world. Help us live the salt life this week, Lord. And don't let us hoard it. And don't let us be ashamed or, or, or embarrassed or a little bit shy. Give us boldness, God, because the world needs you. And there's a lot on the line. There is so much on the line. God, use us this week. I pray in the strong and mighty name of Jesus that you'd use every person in this room this week. That you'd use every person in this room this week. Hallelujah. Ha, you're so good to us. Hey, would you give the Lord a hand clap of offering? God, we love you. <laughs> oh, it's so cool that God does his work in us and then invites us to be able to do his work in the world. Hey, go in God's grace. Go in his peace. And may he use you mightily this week to live the salt life. God bless you guys. Have a great week.